You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. You know how we do. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 45, Sergio Louise Anderson. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. This week on the podcast, we have Sergio Louise Anderson. On this episode, we talk about Sergio's lifelong involvement in dance and theater, how her retreat into pole actually turned into her full-time career, her passion for creating robust, meaningful stage performances, and her experience as a studio owner, then ex-studio owner, and now a new studio owner. Don't forget to check out Sergia's post-podcast interview on the blog at poleparlor.com where she shares her favorite photos, music, video, and more. And while you're there, check out the Pole Parlor shop and grab yourself some hot-ass pole wear. And now, here's Sergia. Sergio Louise Anderson to the Pole Parlor Podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. I know a lot of people are excited for this. Oh, cool. (laughs) I'm excited as well. Awesome. So first question we ask everyone, for how long have you been polling and how did you first discover pole dance? Um, Okay, so I came across pole in 2010. Um, I was 28 years old and, um, I actually, what was I doing? I was, um, I was hosting a show, a lifestyle show. Um, and, uh, we were covering different businesses and one of the places that I had to go interview and go cover a business that I had to go cover, was actually, uh, a pole studio down in Orange County. And, um, uh, Colette owned it, Colette Kakuk, and one of her teachers at the time was Rhiannon. Um, and I, I interviewed Colette. Um, I took a class on camera. Um, and I was just like, what is this? This is amazing. Why am I not doing this? This is so amazing. I, I, I love it. Um, she had her teachers do a little free dance, like at the end of the, um, class. And I was just in absolute awe. I was just like, okay, like I need to go get a pole now, like today. Like, how do I, how do I get a pole? Because I I can just tell that this is going to be something that, um, that's going to really feed me. So, yeah. So you were one of those interviewer people that were pulled into that situation where they're like, they have that awkward, I don't know how to spin around a pole thing. And, oh, that was me. That's interesting. (laughs) And you were like, Sold, sold. I'll be showing you how to do this one day. <laughs> and it was, it was, you know, it was so great because, um, you know, I had kind of forgotten that that had happened. Not really forgotten, but it had been so long. And where was I? I think it was in, I was at PPC in 2012 and I, um, won that competition that year and I saw Rhiannon in the bathroom okay. and I had never officially met her. And I was just like, Hey, you like, I, you know, I was like, you, like <laughs> you did this. Like, I was like, you inspired me. I started watching your YouTube videos right after I saw you dance. Um, 
And that was just really cool. And then Colette and I at some point had, you know, kind of re-gotten together and I had reminded her, I don't know if she, I don't know if she knew it was me or whatever, oh, but really? I was hey, Colette, by the way, that girl who was interviewing you, that was me. And you turned me on to this, you know, so thank you. And what so that was say? really cool. Were they they were like, like oh my gosh, that's so crazy. <laughs> who the hell knew? Yeah. So that was really neat. Yeah. Oh and then, um, yeah, I bought a pole, put it up in my house, started messing around, watching Carol Helms videos and Rhiannon video, Rhiannon videos on YouTube. Um, and then I ventured out, finally got brave enough to go try to figure out where some classes were and uh, found B-Spun. And it was at its old location. Well, no, old, old location. Yeah. <laughs> so two locations ago. <laughs> and um uh, met Leanne, met Amy, um, started taking classes, uh, some classes with them. And it was like very soon after that, it was like, uh, we're doing pole show LA. Um, uh, we want you to be in it. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, the climb spin boy, uh, that Jade looks hard, you know, like, and, um, it was really, uh, it was really funny. I just kind of looked at Amy and I was like, what, what do you mean? She's like, Oh, we have students, you know, performing in the show. And, um, uh, we, we, we thought you'd be really good in this group, um, with, uh, you know, with this girl Sienna and with this girl Heidi who are also have dance backgrounds. And I was like, Oh, 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 okay. And she's like, don't worry. Leanne's going to choreograph the whole thing. It's fine. We got you. And I was like, Bob, all right, sure. Um, so like 2011 ish, what is this? 2010. 2010. Okay. Was this yeah. like in a public place or still in the studio? This was when it was in the big warehouse. Big, so, so the show took place at the studio, but it was like a big studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the big, big space. And um, yeah, and, I, and it was so funny. I showed up for my first rehearsals for that. And, you know, um, I have a dance career outside of pole. And so... For me, when I found pole, it was a really uh, healing and incredible experience because it was really finding movement for myself and not just being a cog in other people's machines and, you know, not being in just in that in that commercial industry. Um, I've been in, you know, I was in that acting and, and commercial and dance industry for my whole life. And so pole was like, no one knew I did it. It was my alone time. It was just my breathing time. I did it purely for one reason and one reason only, which was made me feel good. So I'd go to my day job, which was, you know, um, hosting or acting or dance gig or commercial work. And I'd get done with that. And I'd just be like, oh, what am I going to get out of this? I just want to, I just want to go take class. I just want to go to pole class, you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, and it was, it really like, you know, we can talk about this more and I'm sure we get into it, but it really healed my relationship with my body. Um, like pole was a huge, uh, catalyst for me growing up and um, really altering my view of um, what this temple is. So, yeah, so that was really cool. And um, so for Pole Show LA, I go in there, we show up to rehearsal, and I'm like, well, I'm not really into performing this. Like, I don't really know. And they're like, it's okay. I show up and they're like, you know what? Um, we're swamped. We're not going to be able to choreograph it for you guys. And I was like, okay. And then I showed up the rehearsal and they were like, and I was like, okay, well, the three of us will choreograph it. We'll just choreograph it together, you know? And both of them look at me, the other two girls, and they're like, um, no, we're dancers. We're not choreographers. You're going to choreograph it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, sure. Yes, I can. <laughs> so I, 
I asked them what moves they could do. They could do all the moves I could not do. Oh, perfect. So then I spent, I choreographed those moves into the routine and then spent the next, like, three weeks scrambling to try to figure out how to do a butterfly and a jade for the performance. So <laughs> I can't believe you performed that early in. Uh, but they yeah. know, you know, uh, Leanne uh, knows, and, and Amy Guyon is the is the Amy that Sergio is talking about who worked yeah. with Eastbound at the beginning and, you know, we spoken with her on the podcast before, but they knew potential when they saw it. I don't think oh. they would have thrown it to you if they didn't think you could handle it. So how'd it turn out? Oh, it was it was super fun. Um, so there I was in the Pole Show LA 2010. I didn't I didn't really you know I wasn't like I wasn't really into the pole world as far as like knowing who anyone was or anything. I was just taking class and loving it. And you know I consider Amy Guy on my pole mama. So um, and so when things came full circle in my career later, that was also a really special thing. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so um, so here I am showing up to <laughs> the night of Pole Show LA, and here is Janine Butterfly performs in it, Marla Fiskin and Stephen Ratchelis do a duet, um, Estee Zakara performs, and I'm like, who are these people? This is this is nuts. This is so nuts. I didn't even know this this was a thing, and um, so it was really special. It was like my first like shove into here you go. It's a whole new world. So that was really cool. Oh, wow. What like a a crazy first time performance story. Most of us are like, you know, in our studios with like our friends and doing, you know, fireman spins or whatever, which is at least my personal experience. But (laughs) you were sharing a stage with Judy Butterfly. So (laughs) that set you up for what was to come. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was just at that time, just so grateful. Um, Just so nerdy and so grateful over the whole thing. Um, you know, I, it, pole at that time and for, you know, just it, it never, I don't know how to say this, but, um, with pole, it's probably the one thing in my life that I like never pushed. Interesting. Yeah. Like I never, I was never like, Ooh, I, you know, like I want to get really good at that. I want to perform in that. I want to compete in that. I want to teach it. I was literally just like, it's this thing. And <laughs> it'll, I don't know. It'll, you know, I, it's, it's fun and that's it. <laughs> you know, like I never, there were so many other aspects of my life that I was very perfectionist with. And I was really adamant about getting my chops and my own, you know, performance training and growing up and a child and being, going through my dance training. You know, I was seeking out teachers all over the world. I was studying with them. I was, you know, I was studying and studying. I was in class. I was, you know, seeking this career and going after this career and going, you know, um, you know, uh, trying to go to the college I wanted to with the performing arts school that I wanted to. And everything was just very, um, intense with me. And pole was literally just the exact opposite. I, it never stressed me out. I was never like, Ooh, I got to get that move. I really need that move. I was like, meh, meh. I might get that move. And that move's not for me. Oh, I'm fine. Like whatever. So, um, it's just, it's been a special journey and it's been like a teacher to me. Pole has been my teacher, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great way to approach pole. Um, and you prove that you can still be extremely successful with that mindset. So that's amazing. So you mentioned that you have a history in dance and theater. So what is that? 
Oh boy. So, um, I guess start at the beginning. I was a strange child. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I literally, um, my parents describe it to me as I came out and I was just performing all the time. My dad remembers putting me in his backpack. I wasn't even talking yet and going on hikes and that I would sing songs to him before I was speaking, before I was actually talking. So I would sing to him while, while he walked. And then, um, my mom says that, uh, you know, at three years old, there was a performance, you know, every night and, um, it included my stuffed animals, any set pieces I wanted to pull together, pillows, um, and it was all mediums. It was my drawing up on the wall. It was me coming out and singing. It was props. It was me dancing, improving, moving around. And um, my poor parents, I think they were just <laughs> like, um, what do we do with this? What do we do with this girl? Um, so, because my brother was just this sweet, gentle um, soul and just this very calm um, apparently I was just this agitated, moving little girl that was loud and that needed to, and, and needed to express all the time. Um, so uh, they just looked at each other and at three years old, they were like, okay, we're going to sign her up for ballet. <laughs> what is she qualified to do right yeah, now? She's not so super steady on her feet. Um, <laughs> she doesn't know all the words. So <laughs> Right, exactly. So it was just, they were like, okay, they, they literally just threw me into dance class and Oh my God, I'm so lucky that I had that, like that they did that. I'm so lucky that they gave me an outlet. Um, let's see. I grew, I was born in Portland, Oregon. My, um, uh, my, my parents, uh, my dad was in his residency up there. So we were doing the, um, uh, dad and his doctor residency up in an emergency room up there and mom working, you know, full, two full-time jobs pretty much. And, um, working with, uh, like alternative teenagers and alternative high schools and stuff. And, um, so I was born up there in Portland and then moved down to San Jose area in California. And then when I was in about first grade, I believe we moved up to Santa Rosa, California, which is in Northern California, about an hour North of San Francisco, which is where I am right now. Cool. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so they just said, look, let's just throw her in a ballet class. Don't know what else to do. So I actually don't really, rem I don't really remember not having movement a part of my life. I don't have a memory of not having it. Um, and for someone who needed to move around so much and who needed to be um, so active, you know, they said that I, they really couldn't even hug me as a child. My, as soon as I could talk, it was like too busy for you, too busy for you. Like I'm out of here. <laughs> no, like I got, I got things to do mom, you know? And, um, so for a child like that, I mean, uh, thank goodness because they, they literally gave me my tool for survival. Like dance has saved my life so many times. Um, my movement and my connection to movement and my expression through movement is, is like, it's, 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 you know, it's therapy for me. It's, it's how I get through day to day and how I've gotten through the hardest times of my life. And so, um, yeah, so that, that was it. Ballet, here we go. 
hopped into the jazz modern contemporary classes as soon as they were available. I don't know, at four or five, <laughs> um, tapping around, doing a little tap thing and um, choreographing, actually, choreographing at a super young age. Just, uh, yeah, I think my parents said that I would do lots of, I guess, what we call in the pole world now free dances <laughs> or improvisational dances. <laughs> you know, from when I was very tiny, but, um, you know, the first time I had, you know, God, I had amazing teachers because I had pieces of choreography, group pieces of choreography that I choreographed on a group of other dancers on stage, um, when I was like 10 and 11 and 12, you know? Oh my goodness. So, um, Yeah. And then you cool. went to school for this eventually. Yeah. So actually, it's very interesting. So got super heavy into the ballet thing. Um, when I was 16, um, so my parents had taken me to see a couple of shows of um, Alvin Ailey in Berkeley. And I got really obsessed because I saw there was this one Filipino woman in the cast or like in the company. And I was like, oh, wow. And I got really attached to her, Elizabeth Rojas. I was like, oh, my gosh, she's like me. And, you know, this is great. And um, so I had it in my head that I wanted to study with Ailey. And um, my parents said, well, uh, figure out where they're auditioning for their summer program. And um we'll see if it's something that you can go audition for. And so I did, I figured it out and I auditioned and they accepted me. So I went out to spend a summer in New York city, uh, when I was 16 to study, um, you know, Horton technique, Martha Graham technique. I did a lot more ballet, a lot more point work. Um, uh, did, um, you know, had some, uh, choreographers set choreography on me and just had a great time out there. Um, so then at that point I was like, well, I, I knew I wanted to be, go back to New York. Um, and back, you know, back at school, um, I was doing the musical thing, the jazz choir thing. I was doing a lot of singing and, um, all my dancing still, gosh, my poor mother with the nutcrackers. She tells me now, she's like, if you have a daughter, I just, or if any, if any of you guys have daughters, I just want to tell you I'm nutcrackered out. I don't ever. <laughs> I've done all the nutcrackering I, and volunteering for nutcrackering I ever have to do. She's like, the, it's like the soccer mom of the dance yeah. world, you know? Like. When it came to time to apply for college, I actually, um, I had done some company dance work uh, when I was 16, 17, 18 for a company in Colorado. Um, so I had done some choreography for the company and I had danced, um, professionally with them. And when it was time to go to college, I just kind of went, Hmm, I don't even think I want to go for dance. I was like, I think that I am really happy with who, what I've, who I've been able to seek out. And, um, I just don't know if I want to spend four years, like going deeper into dance. Like I, I love movement. I want to expand. I just want to expand. Um, so I got my heart set on getting into this small musical theater program at NYU, um, uh, and, uh, New York university Tisch school of the arts. And uh, again, my parents just kind of went, um, well, how many people do they take? And I told them, okay, well this many people. And they said, okay, well that's not many. So <laughs> one audition. And I was like, well, I, sure. Yeah, of course I want to audition mom. Let's go. Let's do this dad. You know? And, um, I auditioned and I got in and they just kind of went, shit. 
<laughs> so 18, moved to New York City and um, stayed there for the next eight years of my life. Um, you know, did the BFA in theater at Tisch School of the Arts, just some phenomenal training. I jumped around into programs a lot. So I started out in the musical theater program. So I had a lot of music theory and I had a lot of vocal stuff and I had a lot of dance and, um, and then I kind of was like, I really, there's, there's more out here. There's more, I got really into the acting thing. So then I was like, you know what? I'm trading studios. I went to go study at LaSalle Adler studio of acting. And then I went, um, and just went to shake it all up and went to the experimental theater wing to do like crazy black box theater work, um, and create, you know, um, stuff. And, uh, yeah, so I just had, you know, had a great, um, amount of training, but also felt, you know, very confused all the time. And in New York city in my twenties, well, gosh, not even in my twenties yet, I moved out when I was 18, and I believe that when I turned 20, that's when 9-11 happened. Um, so, I, you know, I was in the city for that. Um, parents were like, do you need to get out? We need to get you out. And I was like, no, this is my city. I'm staying. Um, so, you know, finished out my degree in New York and then actually missed my own graduation. Uh, I was really lucky I got cast in um, – a show at the city center encores, um, which workshops like Broadway shows and, uh, um, with the director, Jerry Zachs, I got cast in Bye Bye Birdie. Um, and, uh, one of the nights that we were on run was one of my graduation nights. So I sent my parents to graduation and, uh, <laughs> God, you're and, sending them, you've been, they had to do the nutcracker, then they have to go do graduation. You're not even there. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. My parents, they are, they they're superstars, man. They're the true heroes here. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, got out of college and that's when I found ballroom. Okay. okay. Yeah, so that's then um, kind of uh, was working as an actor and doing the, you know, I was really lucky. I got picked up right out of college, um, right at the, like my last year of college, got picked up by great um, representation, was able to, you know, do the TV film stage thing in New York for a while. And then was like, God, I miss moving all the time. I was moving in the facet of like, oh, okay, there's some, here's some movement in this musical theater situation and so actually looked into getting a job, uh, just looked, literally looked on Craigslist and was like dance instructor positions. Where can I go to do some more dancing? Um, ballroom studio. I was like, well, never done any ballroom, but, uh, let's show up to this interview audition. Why not? <laughs> so I went and I, they hired me, which was awesome. And they trained me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Free, tra free they, training is like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I sure you were going to pick up on it quickly, but still. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I just think when I found Partner Dance, it was a little bit of the same thing that happened to me with Pole, where I kind of went, wow, I've been a solo dancer all my life, and this is different. It is different. There is nothing like it. So even if you are a solo dancer, if you don't know like the language and what it feels like to actually dance in harmony with a partner it's without any plans – Right. So go to be able to walk into a, a, dan a social dance club in any country, not be able to speak the language with the dance partner and literally be able to move together harmoniously and jam like there is a an element of um, improvisation. It's like jazz music. 
um, and, but moving, you know, with each other and there's a connection between the partnership. And, and so you don't even have to speak a word, a word to each other. And that was kind of blew my mind. Cause I just went, Whoa, I had to relearn a lot of movement to become a partner dancer, not relearn, but learn a whole different, um, way of thinking and way of moving. Um, and that was, I was getting really nerdy about that because I just, I walked into the ballroom situation. I'm kind of used to monkey see, monkey do. Um, here's the choreography. This is what the choreography is. Okay. Let me do it back to you and boom, cool. Um, you know, but this was different. Mm -hmm. This was, this was like, um, a whole different way of looking at movement. You can't just watch ballroom and, and, um, or, or salsa or partner dance and emulate it. You cannot emulate the connection between a partnership. You have to learn that. Um, so that was great. It was cool. And then um, the owner of that studio um, decided he wanted to go into the competition circuit and asked me to see if I wanted to train up to be his partner. Um, and I was like, I, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> so that's, what, that's how I kind of hit the salsa scene for a while into the gotcha. salsa comps. Okay. Yeah. So that's how that all evolved. <laughs> yeah. All of this is very, um, apparent. And when we watch you pull, you can mm. see the influences, you know? So this is interesting how you stepped into all of these. Thank you. And you were yeah. still in New York at this time. Yeah. Still in New York. Um, how did you get to the, uh, how did then the next, the next journey next go? step? Yeah. Yeah. So 2008, um, I was homesick. Yeah. I, you know what? 2008, 2007, 2008 was a hard time for me because I kind of, I was working in New York. All the things that I thought that I wanted in my life, all those things that I worked so hard to get, um, and, you know, um, studied so hard to get and really wanted to, if anyone ever hired me, I just wanted to be like, you know what? I have the chops to do what they want me to do. I'm confident in my chops. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to be the kind of person that gets hired and is like, I get hired for my looks or whatever, like that kind of thing. Like I was just like, no, I want to, I want to dig in, you know, I really love this work. Um, and it was really hard to be in the business feeling that way. Yeah, it was really hard because for me, everything started with this love of movement and art and this nerdiness about how to create a character and um, what it is to be cast in a play from the beginning of the process to the end, um, what, what it is to be in um, a run of, you know, of, of a two-month running show. And um, that was the stuff that I just, you know, that just turned me on. And so then when I got thrown into the, that, the business world of that, I just kind of went, whoa, this is so not that at all. And that was, that was a struggle for me because, um, you know, uh, you'd play the game, you get cast in commercial work, you know, you can't celebrate over commercial work. Like you get cast because you show up, you slate your name, you know, come in, Sarah Louise Anderson, show them your hands, give them both profiles, show them your teeth, you know, and, and it's like, you know, maybe say a couple lines and it's like, boom, you're cast in this Verizon commercial. Um, and you're like, well, I don't deserve that. I know why you cast me. There's, you cast a, a you know, a black man and you cast a white woman. <laughs> 
here I am, taste the rainbow. You know what I mean? And I was just kind of like, you know what I mean? So that there, yeah. there was no, there was nothing to that. I mean, yes, it, it kept me fed. I was going to say it pays well, but it like yeah. supports the passion. Art. Right. But none of those were ever like celebrations. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. every time I got one of those, it was like, okay, cool. Got some money coming in, but it was never like, yes, like I get to dig in. Yeah. No, you don't get to dig in, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and so I just kind of, I was doing the film TV thing and I just went, oh man, I have everything that I thought I wanted and I'm just not happy and I'm not happy with the people I'm surrounded by. I just don't, these are not my people. These are not my people. And I just kind of went, mom, dad, I, I just want to be closer to California. So, um, moved to LA, no plan. And also left my, um, uh, theatrical and legit representation behind. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. It was a big decision. Just kind of went, okay. Um, don't know what's going to happen. They were like, look, we can't really hold on to you if you're not going to be in New York. And I went, okay, here I go. And so I left New York. My commercial agent hold out, held on to me because they, um, had a big West coast office. So I continued doing commercial work when I got out to LA, but then came, you know, just a, a couple years of just floundering and just, I don't know what I want. I don't know what, what I'm doing. And uh, I was still doing commercial stuff and it, that's boom, here comes pole. <laughs> and that's what pole get dropped in. And the rest is history, I suppose. <laughs> that's how the best, that's how people end up in their most soul fulfilling work, I think, is by taking the windy route and getting all different kinds of life experiences and leaving things and starting new things. And like, it's so rare that someone has a straight path. So I think you're totally yeah. proof of that. So Messy. Yeah, yeah messy. But look, I mean, <laughs> but like I said before, it has all influenced your poll. So, so you found poll, you did poll show LA. And is that kind of when you were like, I'm going to concentrate on this more and like a, I guess a professional capacity? No. <laughs> I mean, I guess, okay, well, actually, yes, maybe a little bit because I remember one thing that happened and the, boy, uh, the boyfriend I had at that time came to see me in pole show and he was, he just looked at me after pole show and he goes, so it looks like you kind of like doing this. It kind of lo- looks like you're having fun. You like, you like this. And I was like, yeah. He's like, it brings you joy. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it does. He's like, so what are you going to do about that? <laughs> and I was like, I-, I don't know. I haven't really thought that far. Um, so yeah, it just started getting me thinking. Um, I was also at that time driving all over Los Angeles, giving salsa privates and wedding couple, their first dance privates and like choreographing them, you know what I mean? Doing yeah. foxtrot with them and teaching them cha-cha and salsa. And I was just driving to all sorts of different studios and like giving classes. And that's when that first seed got planted when he said that. Cause I just went, you know what? I don't want to drive anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Driving and I was in like, Los Angeles is not the most fun experience. So yeah, understandably. Like, I don't want to drive anymore. You know what? I just kind of want to have people come to me. Like, let's, let's see if this is a thing. And I was you know, I've never been great. <laughs> like, it's so funny how the studio was born, the Vertitude, because it was just, I never imagined it would become, become what it did become. Because 
I literally, in my mind, I didn't even see like this whole like branding thing and business thing. I literally just went, I just need a boom box, a little bit of space. <laughs> like that was it, you know, there was never like, I need to do this. I need to, you know, I was literally like, I'm a dancer. I'm a teacher. I just need a little bit of space, boom box. Don't even need mirrors right now. I just, I just want my students right now, wherever they are. I just want to see if if they can just like come to me, and that was the beginning of the Vertitude. And you know, um, and so for those who don't know, the Vertitude is Sergia's um, pole studio that she had opened in Los Angeles. And what year was this? That was the end of 2011. 2011. <laughs> she moves fast. <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah. So then I had this kind of plopped in my lap and I taught all the classes myself and I was teaching everything. I was teaching Pilates, um, salsa, Latin hustle, you know, cha-cha, Zumba, um, you know, pole, uh, wedding couples. (laughs) I mean, I was, it was literally just a space in which I could teach movement period the end. In fact, the polls didn't even start in the big studio. We had a few polls, and they started out in the small studio because we thought that that was going to be just just a small little thing. Yeah. Um, And ended up taking over and ended up becoming this amazing, amazing place with amazing people coming through it. And just, I wasn't ready. I I really have to be honest with you. I wasn't ready for what it became. Wow. Um, Yeah. I mean, I am truly an artist and a teacher at heart. So having that all of a sudden laid in my lap was a little bit overwhelming. Having and also the business aspect yeah. of it too. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's impossible to do it all. And if it's, especially if it's that robust where you're having all those different types of classes and people coming through. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it, it didn't have any other teachers. It was just me, <laughs> you know, it was me in a space and you know, um, that grew, you know, that grew and grew and grew. And, the, you know, um, I remember I was teaching, you know, I don't know, 16, 12, 16 more plus classes a week. And that was like for the first while, I don't even remember. It's a blur six months to a year. It was just all me. And, um, and then I brought on my first pole teacher, um, who was a friend I had met at a pole studio, and that is my dear friend Iris Sparrow. Ah, Iris Sparrow. Yeah. So, um, you know, half of uh, Iris is half of the team of Alloy Images. If you guys don't know, um, and uh, my friendship with Joe and Iris started right there, and uh, it's so beautiful that they have just—they've um, seen it from the beginning. They took my first pole photo shoot. They. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful that we've had the relationship we've had. They've been bosom buddies for all these years. So supportive and just really special people and also incredibly talented. So it's nice so, yeah. to have people to lean on and that you can yeah. count on because especially you started not being at that studio that much. So like, mm-hmm. how did the whole touring thing start happening? And when did this like, all oh, right, I'm not going to teach couples how to dance as part of my profession anymore, like it be your profession became pretty pole centric, right? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I think this goes back to another one of my like friendships that blossomed. I would not have ever stepped into the competition world if it wasn't for my friend, Mary Kolsinski. Um, so, uh, Mary and I met, I actually had YouTube 
I had found Mary on YouTube a couple times. Mary Kolsinski. I don't know if you know her, but she is phenomenal. Phenomenal. She had been pulling for a long time, um, and she had she was in the competition circuit. And the work that she was doing in in that competition circuit um, just made me stop in my tracks. And you know, going through videos and through videos, and I just went, oh, "That's it. That's what I want to do." That, that's what I like that, that, like, that is what I feel I need to do on like, that is what I, that is how I want to dance pole. Um, so she's very inspiring to me. And then we ended up kind of crossing paths in the pole world. And, um, I, I went, I introduced myself and I was like, I am such a fan of yours. Like, you're so amazing. <laughs> and she was like, Oh, nice to meet you. And she's like, maybe we should jam sometime. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come over and jam. So we had our first little pole jam, and then from that moment forward, it was like we became collaborators, you know, training partners, collaborators. Um, I'd say most of, so much of the pole choreography that I did through the first couple years of my pole career were all collaborations with Mary. I mean, she's, our brains, we just work, we're just in the zone together. I never even had that kind of collaboration in the dance world before, um, like in my other dance, I never had that kind of relationship with someone. Um, so it was like, boom, we trained once together and it was like three days a week we trained for the next few years. And that was it. And she was competing and she was competing and we, I was training with her. So I was like, I'm going to compete too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and she was kind of like my haven too. Cause I was a mess over trying to keep the business f- figured out. And, um, it's, uh, uh, you know, I know every studio out there, studio owner out there knows, um, how hard it is to continue your own training when you own the yeah. studio. Yeah. So it's really, really, uh, really hard. And I think Mary got me through that cause Mary would come, um, she would drive in, you know, from 45 minutes away and for our scheduled training times and I'd be knee deep and in the computer and in administrative stuff and trying to clean the studio and make sure the toilet works and doing all this stuff. And she would come in and she would knock and she'd always be like five minutes early. <laughs> she'd be like, hi, it's time to train. And I'd be like, oh, God, I can't. She'd be like, all right, well, I drove 45 minutes. We got to do this thing. And I'd be like, oh, God, okay, fine, Mary. And then like five minutes into it, I'd just be in heaven. Mm-hmm. So she was really like this island of um, – she really got me through a lot of those years <laughs> and, um, the competitions did too, you know, the competitions working towards those competitions were that, you know, that discipline that I needed to just get in there and train with her. And we, you know, we competed against each other and yet we were co-choreographing and co-collaborating and co-coaching each other through the whole process. That's amazing. So yeah, it was, I mean, it was an incredible experience to, um, to have that kind of relationship with a competitor and yeah. a friend, best friend, you know, man, we were just better because we came together like that. Yeah. You know, more ideas, more, um, you know, you, you need an outside eye, you need an outside eye, not just for your art, but you need an outside eye for life. <laughs> She's, you know, her, her strengths and weaknesses are very different than my strengths and weaknesses. And we just saw that and we just kind of would, Look at things and be like, oh, Mary, Mary, this moves for you. This moves for you. She'd be like, Serge, Serge, this moves for you. This moves for you. Let's try this. What if you did this? What if you, and we, 
we would just sit and watch each other and, and play with each other like toys, <laughs> you know, until we were creating these stories that we wanted to make. Um, We've had uh, Veronica Nichols on, who's a pole coach, and it kind of that sounds like what she was talking about is that she just serves that purpose of watching and just knowing what movement works on people and helping them work through their pieces. It's like, you know, a collaborator in that experience. So, I mean, I think you're further proof that this is kind of like a a good process for people to take on if they have someone that they can work with, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, it takes a village. Yeah. It's (laughs) dance life. (laughs) Yeah. It really does. You know, you're never, you're never doing it alone. I mean, I have my family support behind me. I've got my friends. I've got, you know, it's just, it creates altitude. Your community creates altitude so you can go deeper. Yeah. So you, you know. Because you mentioned before how pull was really healing for you. As, oh, yeah. As yeah. you know, so can we talk about that? Yeah. Okay. yeah. That's juicy. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, ready. Oh, yeah. That's super juicy. Um, well, gosh, you know, I, I was thrown into the ballet world when I was, you know, I was in there at three years old. So I grew up around that mentality. Um, and it was not easy when it came to the personal struggles I had with, um, you know, with my body image, with eating, you know, um, you know, so it it was, it's, it's, it's not an easy road. And I know a lot of dancers go through this growing up in the dance world and a lot of non-dancers go through this growing up in the world. Hey, as women, as men, as people, in the society, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I didn't really have, you know, they, that was my, that was my community was my dance world. And they were, I was surrounded by these adults that thought these certain ways. And it was, um, so that was hard. That was really hard. Um, and I feel like I kind of, um, I always would just try to push on the back burner. I didn't, you know, I, I, I did my best to just, endure, but it was, it was something that I suffered with personally for, you know, years and all through, all through junior high, high school, college. And, um, pole was probably the first time there was just this moment. Um, I remember that even coming from the ballroom world, I would always be thinking, Oh, I need to lose weight for my partner. He's going to be lifting me. Um, you know, I get, let's go on, you know, got to go on, go on this diet or that diet or, um, you know, um, and so when I got to the pole world, something kind of crazy happened. My little, my little strong little, uh, munchkin body kind of went, um, kind of gained all this muscle, right. When I started to do pole, mind you, I didn't lose any of the fat that was on top. <laughs> so I actually kind of like chunked out a little bit when I first started polling and, um, for about the first six months. And I, if that had happened in any other circumstance and any other thing that I'd ever done, if I had like started ballroom and that had happened, or if I had started, um, you know, I don't know, working out and that had happened, like I'd immediately would have been like, whoa, 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 not okay. Like, not okay. I got to fix this right away. This is not okay. And I just found myself like six months in being like, yeah, I am a little chunker monker and you know what? I don't fucking care. (laughs) You know, I was just kind of like, I was like, yeah, I've taken on some extra weight and you know what? It's muscle. And I look at what I can do, dude. 
You know, I yeah. just, I just kind of went, it was the first moment that I had this epiphany and I said, I, I'm in, I, I less care about what I look like than what I can do in this moment. And how you feel. Yeah. And I just, that was huge. That was huge for me to just be able to admit that to myself. And, and like that moment, I just went, wow, that is so cool. And then it's so funny because I mean, not that it matters at all because pole is for every body, like, but you know, what's so great is that like, then, you know, a year down the road, like my body just went zoop and like, just like dropped all that extra. Cause it was like, you don't need this anymore. And, um, when I started competition training and I was just look, you know, looking at food and looking at, um, exercise in so much of a healthier way. And, um, just, you know, there was, there's still a lot of stuff that I deal with my body, but, um, so much more wisdom, so much more altitude, so much more, um, I can breathe through it. It doesn't rule me. And, um, and my, you know, what I can do and the gratitude I have for what my body can do is so much greater than, you know, than, than that. So mental health is connected, you know, with, with, uh, is one of your health pillars. So the fact that you found like this mental health that then reflected in your physical health through pole is so amazing. So happy to hear that because you've gone on to do great things. So we all know that you have traveled the world doing workshops and competing and performing. And so can you just give us an overview of that and, and your overall experience before we jump into how we, uh, how you chose the dance over the business eventually? Yeah. I mean, that's actually pretty straightforward. I mean, yeah, I got into, uh, I, I got, um, contacted by people in Europe for, to come start. To, I guess it was after, I don't know, sometime in 2012, after I started competing, I started getting these inquiries and I didn't really know what to do with them. And I was like, Oh, I, I don't know if I can come to France. I, I don't know. <laughs> How do I, I don't know. Um, so I'm really lucky. Cause then, um, Christy at Bulls on tour, who is my manager now, um, I was, I, um, friends with, and with, and and friends now and was friends with Natasha Wang back then. And she had been working with Christy and she said, Hey, you know, um, call my friend and see if she's interested in helping you out. And so that's my relationship with Christy. We, um, uh, we had Crystal Gibson on last week. So we, we know about polls on tour now. So now it's so funny that our next guest is Sergio, who is one who benefited from this. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's no way I would have started touring if it wasn't for, yeah, for polls on tour and Christy. No way. So, um, yeah, she literally just sets, I would get inquiries. I would send them to her. Um, and she would create these itineraries as to who wanted me to come play. And, um, boom, she'd hand them to me and I'd go, Oh, that's cool. I'm going where that's fun. Neat. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how that all began. Yeah. So I just, uh, started touring and gosh, meeting just islands of phenomenal people all over the place and getting to share what I love. And, um, interestingly enough, I have a lot of friends from the acting and dance world before I found Paul, who sometimes asked me the question, do you miss acting? Do you miss 
dance. Do you miss? And I kind of just laugh because I'm like, oh my God, I do it every day. <laughs> and I teach it every day. Yeah. I mean, I am teaching theater. I am teaching theater. I am teaching quality of movement. I am teaching contrast. I am teaching stagecraft. I am teaching, and I'm teaching pull tricks and pull movements and how to make them the most full and how to command a stage and, and, um, get an, get an audience on your side and all that. So, um, so no, I don't miss it. Like this is like a perfect you've integrated niche. It into I your get to, career. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to have to have you come back at a future time to give us all this super advice that you've come up with over the years through all of your studies and experience on uh, what makes for great performing and uh, great, great stage presence, all that. Cause I feel like you're a wealth of knowledge there, but we just don't have the time because we're yeah. focusing on other things, but you prefer teaching, performing, competing one over the other, or like you just like them all. Um, well, you know, competition was never, I never really did it for competition. I did it because at that time it was really the only place to put a piece of pole art on stage. And, um, I remember people asking me and Mary, Oh, what are you going to do for competition? What are you going to do? What are you going to put together? And the answer is that we always, I'd always hear us say, we'd always say, well, I have this idea. I have this thing that I kind of want to, the story that I want to tell, um, I don't know if it's really going to be competition material, but I'm just going to do it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that was kind of the experience behind competing. Um, God. and I did it with a friend, like, you know, I, it's for me, I, it was never really about okay. the winning. It was just, man, I, 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 I got a good story and I really want to dig in and get it on stage, you know? Um, and I really want to share it with the world. Uh, let's see, uh, performing, in, you know, just intrinsic to my being, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, um, I, I feel like as I get older, I don't have a need. There's not like a, a need oh, to do it. Like I do it because I want to every yeah. once in a while. Um, but I'm not like, Oh, I need to be on stage, you know? Um, uh, for me training, the making of the competition routines, the choreographing of the performance routines, that process is what I live for. The process, not it's like not, the theater thing that you said before, how you yeah, like being yeah. involved in a production from day one and right, right. It's that process and, and all the ups and downs you go through, through that and how you, how you change your mind a thousand times on who that character is and how your homework behind that character starts to fill it out and, and bring it into this, um, this vulnerable being and how, um, you know, how you can get the audience to on board and relate to that and how you can show the moments of strength and the moments of weakness and how you can show that hero's journey and just all that yummy process. If I didn't even get to perform the piece on stage, actually fine. Cool. I don't care. It was a process for me that is the most exciting. It's just the cherry on top to show up on the day of the performance and do the home and put the homework on stage. Yeah. So for me, the art, it's like the whole, the art process of it, the creative process. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, so you have sold the vertitude. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what was the decision behind that? And now, so what does that allow you to focus on and kind of where's your career at present? Absolutely. Well, selling the vertitude had a couple different things in mind. Um, one was which I kind of didn't want to be in LA anymore. So I had this kind of vision, this goal that I was going to move back up to Northern California. That's one. And two, 
you know, I started touring heavily in 2013. Um, and I just like to tour full time and be home an average of three to four months out of the year. It it was, and, and to still own that place and keep it running and keep it healthy and keep it, um, renewing and keep it evolving was really, really hard. You know, it was just really hard. Um, so, you know, it was, it was that I, I really wanted to like first move locations and then also get it into someone's hands that I felt was just going to blossom it and just take it to that next level and evolve it. And, and, um, there was just such this beautiful, um, haven and this beautiful safe space, this little, you know, temple of safety that people came to, to train and to learn. And, um, that community that I just, I couldn't bear to see go. Like I just didn't want it to close. I was like, I just really don't want to see this close. Like it's really special. Um, and the universe just took care of me and boom, I have the most amazing, the the most amazing woman bought the studio and her and her husband are just killing it. Um, yeah. And I've been, you know, I'm, I'm very, I have an incredible relationship with them. Um, you know, I'm still teaching classes and privates and workshops and, um, out of there and still doing a lot of work out of the Vertitude. The Vertitude Los Angeles will always be my Los Angeles home. Um, but it's actually funny you ask because last night I actually (laughs) was working and started to put together the Vertitude Santa Rosa website. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you're definitely going to be staying in North Northern California now and you're looking to tour less and, and make a home up there. Yeah. That's the idea. It's going to be a process. Like the tours don't really stop until like October of this year. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So it's just going to be constantly traveling and touring until then. Um, but I'm looking for my home base to eventually be up here. And, um, my mom has owned a Pilates dance and yoga studio for 17 years up here. And, um, I'm going to be renting space from her. That's awesome. I just put up my six loopit poles, my six 13 foot loopit poles. Um, and I uh, gave my first pole class at the Vertitude Santa Rosa last night. So, wow, congratulations. Yeah. So, you're main, you're retaining the name the Vertitude as well. So, yeah. it's kind of like mm-hmm. that's cool. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. yeah, yeah. And the Vertitude Santa Rosa's first event, first major event, is the Pole in the Wine Country Retreat. Yes. What is that? Because I've, I've looked into it. I know a lot of people have been talking about it. You had me at wine, but (laughs) (laughs) what else can people expect? Yeah. So I grew up here. I grew up in Santa Rosa. It's just been my dream to kind of make this a a bit of a family affair. Um, it's at my mom's studio. Um, you know, uh, my sponsor loop it pole are providing all the poles. We've got floor to ceiling poles and we've got stage poles, Alloy images are coming up to do a vineyard photo shoot, um, on the, you know, on the loop at stage poles. Um, you know, we've got these scenic bike rides going on. We've got, um, uh, spa visits and, um, you know, Santa Rosa where I grew up here is one of the most beautiful places in the world. You know, it's wine country. This is like central wine country and central beer country too. Pliny people come from all over the world for the beer. And my brother is a winemaker in Napa. Nice. So we have access to 
taste and to walk through the private vineyards and do exciting things like that. And, um, to have this all in my hometown to show the world and all the people that I go touring all around the world and teaching and meeting all these awesome people that I get to bring them here and like show them a little bit of the heaven that is here. And we can just drink wine, dance pole, not in that order, but (laughs) you know, and, and I've, you know, I'm, I'm a total body nerd. So I've gotten into the acro yoga thing and the acro standing acro thing over the last, you know, been pitter pattering in that for the last couple of years. Um, whenever I've had time for myself to do training for myself and, um, so yeah, we're going to have acro yoga. We're going to have handstand training. We're going to have flexibility training. We're going to, uh, of course it's me. We're doing a lot of dancing, my friends. We're going to got contemporary movement, pole movement. Um, so contemporary pole movement, we're going to be doing, um, maybe some pole as partner, some ballroom type pole movement. We're going to be doing, uh, free dance stuff. Um, we're going to be doing heel stuff, pole exotic, uh, bring the heels, basically all of the above, because the dancer that I am is completely dependent on how I feel that day. Mm. You know, I, I, you know, I can, some days I want to go in and trick, 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 trick. Some days I want to work on those transitions. Sometimes I don't want to go up at the pole at all. Sometimes I need to put on my nine inch boots and just dance it out. Um, sometimes it's all contemporary movement for me. I don't judge it. I don't label it. I just do, I, I groove and how I feel. And, um, the pole is the apparatus. The pole is not the style. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, So we're going to have a good time. Yeah. There's a lot going on. So this is how many days is this for? Yeah. So it's June 21st through June 25th. Um, so it's a Wednesday through a Sunday and I just opened up online. If you go to poll in the wine I just opened up the weekend pass as well. So if you can't make it out for the Wednesday through Sunday, you could come just for the Saturday, Sunday. Oh, cool. And so, and also Natasha Wong and Iris Sparrow will be there. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a good old time. So I'll put a link yeah. to that in the show notes so people can check that out. That's so fun. That's so fun that like, you know, again, you're very good at moving on to the next step and like following like, okay, what do I want to do now in my life? You know, what am I feeling now? Because, you know, it, some people may feel like they have to stay this one course that they're on, but look, you're, you're just creating, creating, creating. So I'm just loving it. I'm loving being up here. I'm loving the idea of planting some roots, doing a little bit less touring, not a ton, but yeah. a little bit less touring, maybe one big Europe tour a year and the rest to like stick around for some US weekends. So yeah, yeah this this tour, th- these tours coming up from now through October are kind of my last big hurrah. So so find me okay. if you play or put- not, come to me, pull in the wine country. <laughs> Perfect. I'm putting all of your social media links in the, in the show notes so people could find and now they have a flame under their ass since they know that. <laughs> It's not going to be a consistent thing. <laughs> yeah, not the touring's not forever, that's for sure. Yeah, understandably. Um, yeah. Cool. So let's jump into the uh, the final questions that I ask everyone um, before before we head out. So, who is your pole crush? Oh my gosh, <laughs> the hugest question and the hardest one to answer. I'm going to start this one with. Man, I am crushing on pole artists all the time. It's, you know, it's not even like it's when I go to travel, when I'm traveling all over the world, it's like the students who are in my class. Okay. I, they are my teachers. I'm just like, whoa, cool. 
you just gave me that idea. You know, I, I just, I love the way you wrapped your head around that. Oh my, you know, I love watching them perform. I mean, if we want to go for some of the bigger names, God, I have so many of them, but to me, each one of my students is a teacher, each one of these people that I come across, um, I'm pulling inspiration from everyone. And, you know, um, uh, let's see, I don't know. Uh, Marlo Fiskin, Natasha Wang, Marion Cramp for being an amazing inspiration, but also an incredible, you know, healing fairy and amazing person. Mary Kolosinski, my original bull crush. Um, Christy Sellers, um, you know, uh, Yvonne Smink, Heidi Coker. Um, God, I'm just, I just feel so lucky that I just get to hang out with these people all the time and their brilliance. Yeah. And just just as much as I am so amazed that I get to hang out with them and pull with them all the time and collaborate with them, the same as I feel about um, the people I meet along the way all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. Pull is to me more, and I feel like you, this is what you're connecting with too. It's more of like the experience than just, you know, the seeing people and the watching and like the, that type of connection. Like you're connecting with people on such a deeper soul level that like you're you're just crushing everywhere <laughs> <laughs> it's about connection that's yeah. what life's about okay so speaking of the pole community how would you like to see the pole community evolve over the next five years yeah so for the future of you know the pole world and where i see it going i just you know it, it's the pole is this um is brought to people through individual connections and everyone comes to it in their own way and for their own reasons. So, um, you know, I'd love to see more tolerance. I'd love to see more tolerance. I'd love to see more expansion, collaboration, inclusion, education. Um, you know, we don't need to use our badassness as a stick to beat each other with. I just don't get it. Like I don't, I'm not into that at all. I don't, I don't really get too much into any, you know, um, too much uh, social media as far as conversations and this and that, whatever. And I don't even actually write the debates and I actually don't get to watch as many videos and see as many competitions and performances I'd like to see. Um, just because it's like, there's so much going on and I get so overwhelmed by all the amazingness. So I tend to just be like, Oh God, I'm just going to free dance by myself today. You know? Um, but I would just, I mean, there's so many beautiful things that are happening in the pole world. We don't even know what's possible and what that expands to. The pole is an apparatus. The pole is not a style. The pole is not a dance style. Um, one of the original ways that I really related to the pole was because um, I was thinking of pole as partner. Mm -hmm. I had come from the partner dancing world that had been my most recent um, movement uh, experiences had become from the um, partnership, the partner dance world. So for me, it was like pull as partner. How do I use this partner push pull? Um, you know, that kind of connection. The next thing that went my, through my brain was, um, set piece pull as set piece. The pull is the same thing as being cast in West side story and using the stairwell mm -hmm. to choreograph the sharks number, you know, the jets and the sharks, you know what I mean? So it's, you know, pull as a set piece, pull as a partner, pull as this apparatus, pull as we don't even know that it's a limitless where it can be taken. So I just, um, tolerance, there are, a, there is plenty of space for all of us. I love seeing the, you know, the sport world do its thing. I love seeing the art world do its thing. I love seeing the exotic world do its thing. And within each of those things, there are 17,000 other things, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, 
you know, if it, if it, you know, if it makes you feel good, do it period. The end, you know, it's, um, find sustained joy for you and whatever that is, if that includes this apparatus, then however you feel like gyrating that day, like that is your church, you know, like just have it. It's yours. It's all yours. Your breath is all yours. Your movement is all yours. No one can ever take that away from you. So I'd really love to see just more, more expansion, more collaboration, more tolerance. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that's the way things are, are heading, you know, with the, in terms of the tolerance and, um, you know, I think a lot of people bring that up, um, during this part of the interview. So it's, expanding hopefully and the message is being sent out to the world (laughs) yeah and I think that no matter what we do it will do that Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you know it's this it's 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 its own it has its own life it has its own will and um it will continue rolling on and evolving and changing um as we go and you know if we can just say this is how I love to do it Um, and wow, isn't that cool how you're doing it as well? And, um, you know, let's, let's come together. We get enough, I feel judgment from, um, from mainstream anyway, like let's, let's enjoy each other's, uh, creations. Yeah. 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 And speaking of creations, um, I feel like we covered a lot of the things that you have coming up, but there's one thing I know that we did not talk about, which is complete poll. So yeah. what is that? So completepole.com is where you can find tutorials from me, Mary Kolsinski, Jennifer Kim, Catherine Voorhees, um, and Iris. Okay. And um, it's kind of literally, I hate to use this word because it doesn't, it, it sounds so negative, but um, it's a kind of a dumping fl- place for me and Iris right now where we are getting all these, um, can you please tutorial this? Can you please tutorial that? I saw this on your Instagram and we're kind of going, okay, cool. I'll just film this and throw this up there. Um And, um, it originally began with the idea behind, I had so many people, um, I have so many people coming to me for choreography all the time. I work with a lot of, um, you know, pole dancers of all levels from super beginner, you know, from beginner to just starting out to, you know, professional competitors out there doing choreography work for them, um, and collaboration work with them and concept building and storytelling and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, but, um, it kind of started with, me saying, gosh, when someone comes and they have never worked with me before, so they're not one of my, they're not one of my pole babies that I brought up and they are like, wow, I want to book five or 10 hours of privates with you. Let's bang this out. Or I want to work on this. Or, um, this is like the thing I wish I could had, like, I wanted to give them before they got to me (laughs) so that our time, so that our time together could be very efficient. So, yeah. So it was literally like, okay, you know what I'm going to do? My thing was, the, my original DVD in that complete poll, uh, dot com series was, um, contemporary poll movement. Um, so that was the one that I really delved into. And then we did a, you know, that we did like a basic tricks technique and like sensual movement and different like stuff along the way. Um, but that was the one I started with where I was kind of like, here, please, take this before you get to me. Yeah. You'll save, save some money. You'll save some money. You'll save time. You'll be efficient. These are the things that I, I, um, I would wish for you to know so that we're speaking the same language. So that was me kind of taking my dance background and trying to bring it to the pole world and being like, here guys, guess what? 
this is the tendu. This is how we use it. This is how it's used in the pole world. This is a, this is a pirouette. This is a pirouette in the dance world. This is how we can use this on the pole. It's not in just this way, but it can be used this way, that way, this way, that way. Let me break that down for you. Um, you know, here here's a hitch kick. Here is how you can use the pole to create um, the pole and the floor to create momentum for jumps. Um, here, you know what I mean. Here's um, here's a breakdown of this trick. Here is not just the breakdown of the trick, but how you can move the head and the arms and what order you move things in, in order for things to happen with the most bang for your buck. Um, so that kind of was what it all started with. Yeah. That's where complete pull started. And then from, um, so now we have taken that DVD series, hours and hours and hours of, um, uh, instruction. We put that on the website because um, who owns a DVD player anymore, really? Right, right. So we put it on the streaming website, and then Iris and I and Alloy Images got together and um, decided to just let, continually try to put new tutorials up as we were asked for them. And so actually I just did a shoot uh, for a new shoot, tutorial shoot for Complete Poll uh, last week right before I left L.A. So, yeah, Ooh. so check that out. We're going to be throwing up some new ones there, yeah. Online tutorials, lessons, and hanging out with <laughs> with Sergia without having to necessarily pay for her hourly rate. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Go get it all, guys. Yeah. Like, go and get that gold. Get yeah. in there. And then they're really <laughs> going to want to. So that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, because I could imagine when you're taking these, you know, you're doing all of these one-on-ones a lot, there is just a lot that you would want people to come in with the base work of knowing. And so that's like efficiency and then really value for, for dancers who are coming to you. So that's amazing. That was a great idea. I'll put the website to that in the notes, duh, where I put everything guys. (laughs) (laughs) Go, go check it out for sure. Um, And before we sign off, can you leave us with an empowering message or quote or story, something fun to sign off with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I saw that uh, you asked for this in the notes that you sent me, um, immediately I knew exactly what I was going to share. There is a quote that I found when I was in, I think I was maybe seventh grade. I was in junior high school. Um, and it's a quote that got written on the front of like all of my journals, inside all of my journals. It got written on my wall when I went to New York. Um, it's just this this, uh, this quote that has stayed with me and that I always keep returning to and coming back to, it went up on the wall at the Vertitude. It still is up, up on the wall at the Vertitude, Los Angeles, um, a, a little excerpt of the quote. But um, this was a quote that Martha Graham said to Agnes DeMille after she was feeling a little bit down after she had just choreographed um, Oklahoma. And um, they were just having a little chat about um, artistry. And um, I will read it to you. It's a really special little quote. There is a vitality, a life force, an energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there is only one of you in all of time, this expression is unique. And if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium and it will be lost. The world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is nor how valuable nor how it compares with other expressions. It is your business to keep it yours clearly and directly, to keep the channel open. You do not even have to believe in yourself or your work. You have to keep yourself open and aware to the urges that motivate you. Keep the channel open. No artist is pleased. There is no satisfaction, whatever, at any time. 
there is only a queer divine dissatisfaction, a blessed unrest that keeps us marching and makes us more alive than others. I like tear up every time I read that. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so to me, you know, and this is something that I share with my students, it is not your job to judge your work. Everyone else is going to do that for you. Create the content, let it live. You are the only one who can create that content. The only one who can perform it that way in all of time in all of the universe. And if you just decide that you're going to allow fear to hold you back from, you know, letting that out into the world and the world will not have it. And that's sad. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. So, and it's not just yeah. sad for the world. It's sad for, for you. you as a person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So that's my, that's my, my favorite little quote that has traveled with me over the years and my evolution. Wow. It's a powerful one to have and and a powerful one to share. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. You've been so fun and so interesting to talk to. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's been wonderful. You're welcome. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Pole Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other poleaholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening.